Hello, 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 everyone out there. Welcome back to another episode of Kimboology. It's your girl Kimbo here, aka the Blasian Sensation, aka Traveling Chafing Queen, aka Kingpin Kimbo. What's up? AKA Daughter of Pajanat, aka Slayer of Poles, aka Mother of Georgie, aka Kimbo Kush, aka Captain Planet. She's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. AKA Miss Pussy Cantro. AKA the hustling hussy, AKA twerking on no daddy's couch, AKA yes, my middle name is spelled wrong, AKA Kimbo of all trades, AKA the nomadic nympho, AKA heels bigger than your dick, AKA platypussy. <laughs> Cue the horns. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, it's episode 31. Yes. Uh, episode 31. Let's see. Okay, okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> How do I say this? Treinta y uno, right? Treinta y uno. That's how you say th- 31 in Spanish. And ye, uh, fuck it. Shit. Nung song, Sam Sip It. Sam Sip It. That's how you say 31 in Thai. What's up? Holla at your girl. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming back. I'm high boots right now. Um, I got myself a little 420, an early 420 present. Um, I got myself a cute little bong. It's so cute. It's like cute and like little and <clears throat> um, I have never smoked out of a bong before. It's kind of why I'm like struggling to like cough and shit. Don't, trust me, guys. I have my vaccine shot waiting on my second one. Don't at me. Um, but yeah, it's really cute. Uh, I've been smoking out of a bong for the first time. Yes, guys, I'm 31 years old. I'm a new stoner considered. I'm considered a new stoner, I would say. I'm like a new age stoner. Um, yeah, I got this. Uh, oh, I've been smoking this uh, Jack Herrera strain. It's so good. It's like this really good sativa strain. It's like smells like orangey. There's like lemony notes to it. <clears throat> it's um just like super like energizing and just like get, wakes you the fuck up. Um, I, I'm fully talking to you guys after a full shift of work, so I shouldn't smoke sativa right now because sativa usually gives you what energy, but your girl needed a little bit of pick me up before I got on this podcast with y'all because I am super excited about this podcast because I have a guest on her name is Kendra. She is a fellow pole sister of mine. Um, we kind of fell off, um, due to just like, what's the word? Like petty fucking bullshit that like neither one of us really wanted to be a part of but yet we were like guilty by association um and we kind of both we kind of both like thought we didn't like fuck with each other but that was like not the case at all I've always loved this girl she's always been like this like I'm like always inspired by her I'm always like I always love her energy she's so positive um, she's a black lesbian, um, mother. So this episode is going to be for later on. She's joining us as a guest and she is a new black lesbian mom. So she's a sex same, um, they have a sex same, you know, marriage, her and her, her wife, and they're a sex, sex same couple and they're having a child. So it's like, she goes through all the like trial and tribulations it took to like get to like, you know, having her son now join us, her son Cairo, who's adorable. Um, so yeah, she tells us her journey, like, with all that and it's super interesting like I learned so much like like y'all y'all that be like popping it wide open busting it wide open for these motherfucking fools out here getting pregnant 
and it's free. Like when I tell you, home, my my homegirl here like dropped cashola to get pregnant. Um, really makes you just think, like, wow, like you know, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, like y'all could just like you know, not seemingly if you're there, you know, if there's no um, you know, underlining issues with you know, getting pregnant yourself, you know. Um, but for the most part, I would say like it's more common for you to hear like, oops, we got pregnant or fuck, we got pregnant as opposed to like, fuck, we can't get pregnant. Like, damn, we've been trying for years. We can't get pregnant. So I'm really excited to have her on the show, guys. Her story is really amazing. She's such a beautiful person. So I'm really excited to have her on. So that's joining us later. But you know the deal. Um, so yeah, guys, sexy sustainability this week. Um, I just wanted to kind of address some things. Uh, I'm going, I've been researching, um, I've been wanting to volunteer. Uh, I want to do some volunteer work and I've been researching uh, just kind of like where I could volunteer, things I can do to help out that also align with like what I like to do and just also kind of like who I want to help and stuff. So um, also my job is pretty dope and they're going to compensate us for volunteer hours. So that's another incentive to do volunteer work. So I'm like, fuck yeah, of course I'll do volunteer work. So I've been doing a little bit of like digging and I found this one, um, uh, this one corporation nonprofit thing and uh, basically reached out to them because they basically need people to create um, these like lap pillows uh, for like cancer patients that like, you know, have cancer and like these little wish pillows and things like that. So basically like making like these little pillows and things like that for they're, you know, older folk or, you know, senior citizens, things like that, but that you're using items. So like, you know, making them out of old t-shirts, old blankets, things like that, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, not only, um, are you making people happy by giving them little gifts, little homemade gifts, but you're saving the planet by, you know, taking old fabric that would just go into a, a fucking big pile of, you know, like in a dump and creating something new and what better right and it's volunteer work so um i have you know a whole setup here i don't know if y'all know but you know kimbo all kimbo of all trades over here i have a full studio setup sewing machines everything fabric all over the place so i volunteer i was like this is the perfect thing i can do you know i can create these pillows and you know makes people smile and like make them happy and then also save the world by reusing um you know shirts and blankets or whatever the fuck we can find so yeah so that this that's this week's sexy sustainability guys i'm gonna keep you guys posted i haven't done it yet but i've already reached out to the people and they said that you know they're gonna send me some you know material so i can make them so i think it's gonna be fun i'm really excited to do it so trying to be a good a good bitch you know like a good person uh not a horrible human being like which will be into the next segment. Good segue. Um, we're going to go right into the recycling of the news. Yeah, guys, the recycling of the news is some bullshit. I just wanted to just start with addressing the addressing what's happening right now um, when it comes to the unrest that's happening uh, here in Chicago we have our own um so yeah anyways I don't know what the fuck I'm, what am I talking about so basically in Chicago another cop kills a 13 year old boy named Adam Toledo he is a Hispanic young boy uh 13 years old um so yeah an officer shot him and killed him 
Um, so that happened recently and there have been some, you know, protesting happening here in Chicago. Um, there's video, the video was released and it's a very controversial type of subject because this child, this child, I'm going to say child cause he is, he's 13. He's a child. Um, he was out, you know, really late in, you know, two, in the, two in the morning ish, um, running around with gangs and, you know, he had a gun. So, uh, Adam did have a gun on him. Uh, but in the video uh, that you see, uh, this child has a gun on his on his hand, right? And he's kind of have it slumped on the side of his leg. And then as the co- co- officers are chasing him down this alley, and then as the um, officer approaches the kid, the kid turns, and as he's reaching up and turning to raise his arms, he drops the gun. So he never actually pulls the gun onto the co- like at the officer. He never aims it at him. He has it in his hand by his leg, and then as he's turning to face the officer, raising his arm simultaneously, he's dropping the gun on the ground. And as he raises his arms in the air, he is gunless, so he has no guns in his arms, okay? So he's got his arms up over his head, hands up, spread, and the cop officer shoots him and kills him. Um, it was really sad, really, really, really sad, because um, the video was really, really um, excruciating to watch. I couldn't watch it. Kind of watched it through my side of my eye. My coworker was watching it and he was super, super upset because he has a young 13-year-old himself. So it's just super sad that this shit is still fucking happening. Um, you know, I have some friends, you know, I have a friend that's a cop on, not a friend, like an acquaintance, but we're, you know, Facebook friends. And I saw him posting like, listen, unless you're in the position of a cop, you know, you can't talk shit, you know, we're under a lot of pressure, you know, the kid had a gun, he, he, he handled himself in, you know, in the proper whatever proceedings or whatever. I don't know. It's going to trial. Um, listen, I'm not a cop. Okay. I don't put myself, um, in danger every day. I go to work, you know, in a sense, you know, obviously anybody can really die on, on their way to work, but it's just a matter of like, I don't, I'm not a police. I don't put, I don't physically, you know, put myself in situations where I need to, you know, shoot a person. How about that? Okay. And I don't know the pressures of it. Um, but I will tell you that it's very, it's, it's just so much more common to see this happening to black and brown people than white people. We see that all the time where, the, you know, these white people are walling, walling out with like guns and shit. And they are literally, I mean, I mean, le- biggest example, uh, the Capitol, the big, you know, insurgents at the Capitol where the fucking, um, you know, terrorists, the white terrorists, the white QAnon Trump supporting terrorists took over the Capitol and they all lived. (laughs) There was like what, like a couple deaths or something. I don't know fucking know the statistics, but literally if that was black and brown people, oh, it would have been a bloodbath. You know what I mean? So I'm just sick and tired of that shit. And then I'm sick and tired of that being the excuse. Um, Also, on another note, um, uh, another, you know, young man, Dwayne Wright, uh, he was 20 years old. He was also shot. Uh, this was happened. Uh, he was shot and killed. This has happened in Min- Minneapolis, and it was just miles away from where George Floyd was killed. So that's another um, sad story, too. Uh, I'm just sick and fucking tired of this shit. I'm tired. I'm fucking tired, you know? Um, that story, you know, and then to happen so closely to, like, the whole George Floyd um, you know, where he was killed, it's just like, it just goes to show you the constant, you know, 
disregard for black and brown lives when it comes to when you're a police officer with these racist um, police officers. Speaking of, there was another incident where um, a lieutenant, uh, he was dressed in, in the army gear. Uh, forgive me, I don't remember his, I don't have his name on board. It's, uh, you know, I don't have it on board right now, but um, he was in his car. There's video. I've watched this and I was fucking livid watching this fucking video. Um, yeah, he's in his car and he's got his hands out literally outside of the vehicle because he knows like what's up when it comes to cops pulling people over. He's in full lun- lun- uh, lieutenant gear, you know, serving his country, quote unquote. Um, and the cops go and approach the vehicle. They're screaming at one cop. One officer is screaming at him like he's a dog, like he's less than human, saying, get out of the fucking car, get out of the car. And the, the guy, you know, like the lieutenant's like, what did I do wrong? Like, he's completely being compliant. He's like asking questions. You know, he's saying, I'm scared. He's like, I'm scared. He's like, I'm scared. He's like saying that to the co- officer and the officer's like, you should be scared. Right. It's like, oh, hmm. What the fuck's with that comment, you know? Then he proceeds to pepper spray him in the face, right? This lieutenant who's done nothing wrong, right? Uh, Hands are still out of the vehicle. So he can physically see his hands. He, You know, his hands are, you know. And then they keep screaming at him to get out of the vehicle. You know, they open the door. This dude is seatbelt. So he's like, and he's got fucking pepper spray in his eyes. So he can't fucking see. And he's got his hands up. And he knows that as soon as he reaches for that seatbelt, they have an excuse. Like, oh, I thought he was reaching for a gun. So he says, you know, very loudly, like, I'm scared. I'm scared. They're saying, get out of the fucking car, whatever. He says, I'm reaching for my seatbelt. You know, like he's trying to like comply and but also be very vocal to show that he's not doing anything wrong. You know, and these motherfuckers are clearly fucking feeling away that one officer clearly felt away for some fucking reason he was racist whatever had a feeling away of seeing a black man in a nice vehicle he had like a nice suv car i forgot what i don't even know what the car is but um you know maybe that he was a lieutenant you know he was in full gear it's just it's like what you know they, they, they he's screaming at him like a dog so whatever that that officer this was i believe this was in virginia he has um has also he has gone through and he is suing the police um department for that you know complete utter disregard for every like his humanity in my opinion um treat, you know and then uh, and then also a man that's literally you know um serving his country which Oh, you racist motherfuckers out there talk about all the time. Like you guys, you know, you don't kneel for the flag. You know, you taking a knee for, you know, instead of saluting the flag and all that shit. Oh, really? Well, this was a black lieutenant. Where, where was that whole saluting the flag type bullshit then? Huh? The hypocrisy. I'm done. I can't. So, yeah, there's a little chaos and negativity for you. I had to address that because it was just some bullshit and just so fucking tired like the racism in this country is blatant at this point um i mean it's it's only been mere decades that literally i wouldn't be able to drink from a water fountain of a white person you know what i mean like black and black and black and whites had their own motherfucking uh, water fountains i mean my father grew up in that time okay he was born in 1943 all right he literally remembers he tells me stories all the time about how he had to um go to a certain bathroom, go to the whites only fountain, the white, he, he, he told me a story that he had to take gum. Like there were gumball machines, but there were the clean, pretty ones that the white people would get gum out of. And then there was the filthy, dirty ones that the black people would get them out of. So, and he would tell me, he didn't give a fuck. He would tell me, my dad was such a little rebel. He would go and get like his like 
gumballs out of the um the whites only gumball machine and his parents would always be mad at him and or be like don't you do that you're like you know like he would be scared for him and he'd be like i don't want to fucking go to that dirty ass one i'm gonna let these fucking clean nice gumballs you know which is so like my dad god god rest his soul so yeah um let's just dive right into the next uh topic oh first things first usher had the fucking nerve did y'all see that nigga give out usher bucks to some strippers you guys so long story i don't know exactly i don't know every fucking detail but basically usher went out went to the strip club i forgot what city he was in but instead, he made it rain on all these strippers and shit. And then when they got down to, pay, you know, looking at the money that they made, this nigga had the motherfucking gall to have his face printed on $100 bills and shit. I mean, he made his own money, like Usher bucks, like Ush bucks. And like, first of all, isn't that a federal crime to make like fake money? Like, what the fuck? Like, it looked pretty good. Like, except for his motherfucking face on the fucking thing. I was like, when I tell you... My, I mind you, I've never stripped. I, but I've, I've had many students, many friends that are strippers. Okay, when I tell you the anger that these bitches must have felt when they went through their bag of money and saw that fake ass usher ush book, ooh, I would have been so pissed. They were out there twerking and working hard for that money, and this nigga gave them monopoly money. When I, okay, monopoly money. Oh, the 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 caucasity. He had the cost ca- he had the goddamn white caucasity to give them fucking fake money. Ooh, I felt for these strippers. I felt for them. I was angry with them. I was like, he has the goddamn nerve because here they are thinking he's a celebrity. He got money, so you know, we're going to make extra money tonight. And little did they know, they are over there was twerking it for God and usher himself for the, some ush bucks. You got me full blown fucked up. I was so mad. Um so it's fuck Usher for that. Cause I know, nigga, you got the money. So why, really? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. Pay, you guys, pay your sex workers. I don't wanna fucking hear it. If you don't got money, don't go to the strip club. If you, I repeat, if you don't have money, do not, I repeat, do not go to the strip club. Because these bitches out here working it for their money, they're, they don't, they're, not, they're not there to entertain for nothing. You have to pay them. That is a part of it. So don't go to the strip club if you're not about to pay these girls. I'm serious. And, I, I, and I'm pretty sure every sex worker or, or stripper out there will agree. Okay? So there's that. There's my petty peeve for the day. Okay? Um, sorry, I got so angry. I'm sure, maybe it's this weed. I don't know. Maybe, it's the, maybe Jack Herrera is making me like, ooh. I mean, it's giving me energy, that's for sure, because I was dead to the bed before I got to the, the mic. So anyways, Usher had the goddamn nerve. Um, what else? Oh my God. Legendary season two. Um, if you guys don't remember, I had Orlando on my friend Orlando. He and me did a, uh, we did a whole shout out to legendary season one. The show is about ballroom dancers. Ballroom is like in the gay scene where, you know, they're just basically like dancing in like groups and like, you know, they have ball, they have balls and it's so much fun. It's dancing, guys. It's a it's a great time. Um, season two legendary is coming out on my motherfucking birthday. What's up? Cue the horns. I'm so fucking excited. I'm gonna get my whole last life. Okay. Megan the Stallion is one of the judges on the show. So if you love her, watch the show. It's amazing. Me and him will fully do an uh, uh, episode reviewing the season two of fucking course because it's one of my faves. 
Um, so yeah, super excited about that. And then last but not least, uh, we have officially now 17 states that have now legalized, uh, for adult use, uh, marijuana, cannabis. Um, yeah. And Washington DC as well. Uh, New Mexico was the latest one to finally, um, legalize cannabis. They're probably going to start doing that in 2022 though. Probably not this year, but the next year, but they have the, the bill was passed and everything. Um, New York city also just recently did it as well. So exciting. So exciting that this is finally happening. So, um, yeah, guys, we're on our way. Um, 17 states plus Washington DC. So there's that. Um, you know, we are pro-cannabis here on um, Kimboology. Oh, and then I definitely want to talk, maybe it'll be next week, I'm not quite sure, about this one documentary called Grass is Greener on Netflix. It's super, super important, especially if you're really full-versed into, like, the cannabis community. I think it's super important to watch, but I'll talk about that some other time. Um, but, yeah. All right, guys. I don't want to talk your ear off because I want to get to the meat and potatoes. I really want to get to the uh, our special guest with Kendra um, in the next, um, later on. So I'm going to cut me off here. We're going to take a break. Love you down. We'll be back with Kendra. And we'll be right back after these detailed messages. Today's episode of the Kimboology podcast is brought to you by Faith and Flower. Faith and Flower's spiritual bath teas will align your chakras from your root to your crown. Whether you're medicating, masturbating, or meditating, you can use Faith and Flower to elevate your bath and self-care rituals. Kimboology listeners receive 15% off their first purchase at shopfaithandflower.com. Use code Kimbo at checkout. And we are back, everyone. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Kimboology. This week, I have my girl, Kendra, on. Kendra, say hi. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, Kim. I'm so excited for you to be here, girl. Um, me and Kendra have a nice, cute little history. Girl, how, wait, when did we meet? Ooh, I don't even know. I, so I started at the studio, the post studio, in 2004. 14 it was got you okay yep. okay yeah we did meet the pole but did we meet on set too or we didn't meet on set until okay. afterwards got you it was, it was after a couple of years in the, the pole studio got you okay cute yeah guys so me and kendra we are pole sisters what's Ooh. up we met in the wonderful world of pole dancing um yeah so basically i mean we did also kind of like 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 she was on set too she's done some acting some background acting and things like that so we also have that history as well but uh mainly we were just polling girls so mm-hmm. kendra was she's also but you also have like a dance background like you were in hbcu you were like one of the uh you were one of the girls that the were band playing. dancers. Yes, band girl. Dancers. Yes. So if you guys ever see, I was always like, oh my God, can you used to, used to dance like that? I was like, oh, oh can you? Yes, at the great Howard University. Shout out to Howard University. What's up? We support and love all of our, you know, HBCUs out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. But yeah, I'm so happy. Uh, we basically met with uh, in pole dancing. I was uh, I, I wasn't your instructor, right? You are. You yeah, are. I was. I started with I started being her instructor. She just uh-huh. had such amazing vibes from day one. Super sweet, super keen uh-huh. to learn everything and just like absorb everybody in and just had really good energy about her. Uh, um, likewise, and, yeah. 
Thank you, baby. Thank you. Uh, me and her did have a period, though, where we didn't speak. We didn't mm-hmm. talk. We had a falling out, so to speak. But it was honestly more of a miscommunication, I would mm-hmm. say, for the most part, because I never hated Kendra. I never hated you, girl. Never, mm-hmm. never, never felt any sort of ill will towards you, girl. Always love you down. It just mm-hmm. was one of those things where you kind of are kind of swooped up with other people's drama that yeah. it kind of pulls you in and... I just want to address that on the show. I mean, we might have some listeners that might know of the tea. We will kind of dive into that later on in other episodes. But um, love you down, always did. But whatever, we have rekindled. We have reconnected. I reached out yeah. to her because I was like, girl, how are you? First of all, the show, guys, is going to be about this beautiful one being oh. a new mommy. What's she is a mommy, guys. But not only is she a mommy, but she is a black lesbian mommy, guys. Yes, Judy. So how does how does that feel? Like honestly, you know, I think I kind of like downplayed the magnitude of like being a mom. You know, it's one thing to have a mom, see other moms, and all of this stuff, but I really don't think I grasp the magnitude of it until I became a mother. So um, honestly, and this is even after planning for a long time, you know, you think you know what you're getting into, but you really don't have any idea. It's it's such a great experience. Um, It's a love like no other. It has been an amazing ride so far. My son is four months old. So obviously I'm still just learning the ropes and I'm kind of just winging it, taking it day by day. But it has been a beautiful, beautiful experience. I'm having a blast, honestly. Well, I mean, little baby Cairo, right? He's That's so cute. Thank you. Um, I was like, like following her like Instagram and seeing her like she was like she had like these beautiful photo shoots where she was got her pregnant belly oh out and she had all like the the like the what do you call it like the not my it was, it's like like I, African I, I don't know what it's called the way he did it was it was just some gold stickies on there but I think ah. it was a, it had like a tribal feel a little yes bit. super yeah. cute very Beyonce uh-huh. lemonade vibes all Ooh. day very like you know, Lion King, you know. Girl, you know, like, I love it. Beyonce. So I know, girl. <laughs> I know you, girl. I know you said, I know you saw Black is King too. I know you did. Yes, I sure did. And it made oh me, and I, was, I thought it was perfect for having a son and everything. I was like, right? this is perfect. were you just so emotional? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I really was. I bet, girl. And Beyonce looks so amazing. I loved everything about that. The tr- like the visuals and everything. It just mm-hmm. gave me that vibes when you had, I saw your photo shoot. I was like, oh, that is amazing. What a compliment. <laughs> You're like, compliment me towards the queen, please, all day. <laughs> well, okay. So she is a new mom, guys. Kendra's a new mom. But like I said, she's a lesbian mom. So I don't know her story. And this is why I invited her on today so I can find out myself. Um, obviously being a lesbian woman, a black lesbian woman, you don't have a man in your life in that sense, in your relationship. So how did baby Cairo come to be today? Like how, like, Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm going to give a little background just on my relationship. My wife and I started dating in 2012. We got married five years into our relationship in 2017. In Costa Rica. In beautiful Costa Rica. We had an amazing wedding. Um, So we were together for five years before we got married. And then our first year of marriage, we ended up buying a home together. Um, And we were just in our house for the first few years of 2017, 2018. 
And I think around the, two, the end of 2018, we were ready for something new, something okay. fun and exciting. It had been, you know, seven years of being together. Um, you know, growing up, I never really thought about being a mom. I'm not one of those people that was like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. I can't wait. But, you know, just life kind of happened. And I was like, you know having a baby and becoming a mom is like a superhero power. And it's not, you know, I feel like if I can do it, why not do it? You know? So I just started to get this feeling that I wanted to experience something like that. So, you know, we started talking about having a baby and, you know, like you said, we're a same sex couple. It's a girl and a girl. It's like, girl, we need some help because we can't can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. Um, so we just started doing some preliminary research and, you know, we're obviously in a community of same sex couples. So couples around us had started having babies and everybody's experience was like a little different. Right. Okay. Um, but we didn't know what we wanted to do. And, you know, I don't have a lot of male friends. She doesn't have a lot of male friends. So we were like, well, we can't really ask anyone for sperm because you have to have like relationship with someone, I think. To feel right. comfortable enough to ask. Can you imagine that conversation? What's up? Girl. So let me just talk to you real quick. <laughs> real quick. Can I get <laughs> your fucking sperm? Yeah. Right. Like, honestly, people do it all the time. My best friend did it. So really? you know, she, she asked a coworker, and you know, I just didn't have anyone in my life that I felt comfortable enough having. Like you said, it's a super awkward conversation. Like right. And, and then and, and then you gotta think beyond the conversation. Like then they have to go and put it in a cup and give it to you. It's like a whole awkward experience. Lesbian women do it all the time. Like, okay. don't be cool. That's okay. just not something that I was comfortable with doing. Um, so we had to explore other options, honey. And sperm banks was the, the, the next best option. You know, it's plenty of sperm that strangers, um, and that's a whole nother in- industry. Like, men give their sperm. And apparently, you know, the process of giving your sperm is super complicated. Like, you have to have, like, top-notch sperm. It can't just be, like, any and everybody's ah. sperm. So I think I think they only take, like, 4% of people who try to give your sperm. Really? Oh, right. I and mean, you know, I could imagine the line of niggas just wanting to just be like, you want some sperm? Here you go. Here you go real quick. Like, no, they just going to take anybody. <laughs> they, I mean, they can't because... The women like us, we spend a lot of money on the sperm. So Got it needs you. to be, it needs to be grade A and don't need to be sleepy sperm. Nappy sperm need to be moving. Okay. It needs to be able to get the job done. So that's why. Wait, they have so to- you did. So did you do in vitro? We did do in vitro, oh. but, but we didn't, we didn't do in vitro first. We did like, okay. okay. Buy sperm. There's different ways. So you can buy the sperm and, and try at home with like, Oh, got you. Okay. The, the turkey baster method, which is literally okay. like a syringe. So you can have the sperm shipped to you at home. You put it in the syringe, you know, put it in your coop and you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried that. We tried that, but you know, okay. How did that go? How was that, that experience? Okay, so, so with that, you know, this whole process, it just requires you knowing a lot about your body. And I, okay. you know, straight women, you know, I don't know how, like some women plan their pregnancies, but a lot of times people just accidentally end up pregnant, right? It's not right. because they went out and they're like, 
checking their ovulation schedule and, you know, knowing to the day because pregnancy really is a miracle. I know people get pregnant all the time, but the timing has to be impeccable, impeccable for it to actually happen. Like you right. can't just have sex on any day and hope to get pregnant. Right. So um, when we were doing it at home, you have to really get to know your body. So I'm okay. like peeing on ovulation strips to like find out if I'm fertile or not. You have to narrow it down to like pretty much the day. And, you know, so right. So you spend a lot of time, you know, timing your period. When did I get my period last? And when did I get the next one? And when is the middle? It's like a whole bunch of math and like crazy stuff. So we did that. um, And I just, I guess I didn't do it right because we tried tried it at home a couple of times and I never got pregnant. We tried it at home three times. Oh, really? And I just never got pregnant. And I don't know what may have happened there, but I think it was a timing thing, honestly, because, you know, like I said, it's a small window. And if you don't get it right, you're just not going to end up pregnant. Um, Because you get the sperm and the egg got to meet at the exact point. And, you know, it's a lot of science. This kind of just makes me think of like, because in the past episode, I had my friend Tiffany Williams on. She is a fertility awareness a method expert. And nice. um, she's, you know, she's got her own business and things like that. And she really like the fertility awareness method is a way for women to track our periods, to track our mm-hmm. fertility, but doing mm-hmm. it in a very like healthy and holistic way where yes. it doesn't involve birth control or any sort of like harmful, like, like hormones and chemicals and things like that. And she told me it is a lot of the, um, she does a lot of intense, like measuring of like checking her um, discharge to see like consistency and like Mm -hmm. how it looks and um, like color. And like, she was telling me that she takes her temperature to Mm -hmm. see. And she says she's gotten this down to such a science where she has yep. not been on any birth control for like three years or something like that. And like, mm-hmm. it works. Like she hasn't gotten pregnant. So like, I'm I'm very intrigued by this process because I feel like, yes, a lot of women don't know our no. bodies. Like Mm-mm. we don't know, um, like, like we can maybe use an app on our phone and like, you know, mm-hmm. and then the app is, you know, it's a computer, it's an algorithm in a sense. Right. You know? Like how you're the one that's supposed to know your own body the most. Yes. Right. So yep. that just makes me think of that because it just seems like that's something that's so useful. It seems like you, you had to pick up those skills to figure that, out what your body was doing so you can get pregnant. Yep. Everything you said was like one point, the consistency, because right around ovulation, it gets kind of sticky and it's so crazy how the body just automatically does what it's supposed to do right. so like your discharge tra- changes so that the sperm can like live and uh-huh. have have the perfect environment to swim through um, okay. and then there's a, there's another test you said the temperature that's another way to check yes. to see when you're ovulating and then also there's like a, a finger test where you put your two fingers in there and depending on where your cervix is so like your cervix oh. is super closed but right around ovulation it opens up a little because it's like, if you're going to have sperm coming in here, right. let me help you out and open right. up some. So um, it is. And so like, I mean, I and you know, I, I tried these methods. I think I like noticed the consistency or the change in my um, discharge, but I can yeah. never get the, the cervix thing figured out because it's like hard at some point and then it softens up. Um, oh. But I don't know if I can tell the difference. And, and then, you know, it's awkward after a while. Like, you sticking in there, you dig, and you're like, is that the cervix? Right. The wall? It's like, you know, I mean, it's hard work, but I do think it's worth um, just having the reproductive, the reproductive knowledge, you know, that we don't 
ever really pay attention to. Like, you know, going into this process, I had no idea. I wasn't, I didn't care at all. But when it was time to learn, it was like, okay, well, let me see what I can like figure out. Um, well, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Cause like, we don't, we're not taught these things as kids. Like, <laughs> nope. you know, women aren't taught these things. Like, well, you know, like there's so much stigma around the vulva and the, you know, the vagina and the way it looks like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you see titties and you know, all that shit on TV all day. But like, if you were to see a woman's vagina, you know, spread Eagle, you know, vulva <laughs> out and everything, clit out and everything. It's like the most obscene thing you could ever see, you know, in our society. So the fact that there's all this stigma around it, like women don't even know our, we don't even know our own fucking bodies. Like, I mean, I, I'll be honest, girl, I didn't take, I didn't take a mirror down there and spread my fucking legs till I was like grown as fuck. Like I was about oh, 20s, you know what I mean? Oh, like, wow. You know, I, was I actually, like, I actually did, it, did it pretty young. I don't know. Did I, you? I was, I was inquisitive. I had to see <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is that? Down. What's that? <laughs> what is going on? What the fuck is going on yeah. now? No, but you're, you're right though. You know, a lot of people are super blind and just ignorant to what's going on going on and it's crazy because even being sexually active people don't really know what's going oh. on down there it's it's crazy men don't it's know crazy. what a clit is girl you be like uh, <laughs> uh sir that's, i've always been i'm like the fuck get the fuck out of here you, you're, you know and and that's crazy because and this is totally off topic but it took me years <laughs> to even have a damn orgasm and i knew it was there and i knew it was supposed to do something but oh my I god like, this, this Kendra, we need forever. to like em- we need to have a whole ass episode all about that. Because that is a whole episode I in itself. It. I believe Totally it. agree with you, girl. We'll, we, we, I'll have you back and we'll talk more about that later. But back to baby Cairo here. Okay, so you said you went through all the, the processes did. to get pregnant. I first time you did the work at all. Right. So you did the at home, trying to get pregnant at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the next step then? The what was next the step? step, I was like, okay, because we're spending money every single time. Every dollar right. for every vial How, how much like, do you mind so disclosing? Or I do you want to maybe? Okay. I'll okay. tell you, each vial of sperm, that's just one. And honestly, when you see how much comes in there, it's like, I, it's not a lot of sperm, okay? So you spend, and honestly, it's not a lot because it doesn't really take a lot, but... Right, because there's going um, millions and millions of right, right, sperm in that. Right, it was right, that one okay. little thing. But either right. way, one vial, depending on which sperm bank you get it from, every vial or one vial is a thousand or more. Woo, child! Are you, you fucking it? kidding me? That's why so many people go and have that little <laughs> awkward conversation with Listen. their homie, the homie down the street. Okay, <laughs> I'd be like, "Yo, yo, let me talk to you real quick." Yeah, yo, ma, dude, pull the whole. Hey, yo, ma, you know how they be hollering at us? You gotta holler at them. Hey, yo, ma, come here. Let me get that. Let me get that sperm off. Right, let me see what. Hey, yo, what's up? Let me get that sperm. No, Kendra, I didn't no, realize. I, I know it's very, it's very, very pricey. Um, Damn, but it's but it's but it's convenient. So it's like, right. do you have the awkward conversation? And then you then when you have the conversation, you have to like knock on their door and be like, today's the day. They can't have you. Got to ask them not to drink for two weeks. Oh and right, right, you, right, right, right. Because yeah. you just you want good sperm, and so it's yeah. just it's just too much. So it's like you either do all of that or you pay for the convenience of having an anonymous donor. 
who you know the sperm has been tested. Right. You know it's quality sperm. It's going right. to work. Yeah. So, you know, we that's why we chose that route. We had to weigh our options. So, okay. anyway, we tried those three times. We had to put a pause in it, though, because we're like, we're spending money. It's yeah. not working. Let's see. So, I went to a fertility uh, specialist and I told them, hey, I tried a couple times at home. Um, and they were like, well, since you've tried a few times, we encourage you get some testing done just to make sure your reproductive system is all working. Now, mind you, I was 34, 35, and I had never been pregnant in my life. So I didn't know, like, I didn't know if I right. stuff was working or not. I had regular periods, but that's pretty much all I knew is that I had regular periods. They were somewhat normal. And so I just assume all is well. So I go get this testing done. The testing, they either, um, they tested two things. They test to make sure your fallopian tubes are working. There's no like blockages because that's pretty common in women where there's a blockage in a fallopian tube, meaning okay. the, the egg can't even come down good. Or there could be stuff going on in your uterus, like growths in your uterus, um, polyps, fibroids, stuff like that. And that would impact your ability to get pregnant. And so since I wasn't getting pregnant, they wanted to check all of that. My fallopian tubes, they check that super simple process in the doctor's office. It only takes a few minutes. They like um, squirt a saline solution and they see if it's flowing. And if it's flowing, then that means it's working. Super non-invasive. You don't have to go to sleep or anything. It's, okay. and it, it, it tells you your fallopian tubes are working. And I have friends who did the test and they they did discover blocks. So it's like worth doing. Oh, okay. Um, and and it's, it's actually pretty common. Like, you know, blocks are normal. Not normal, but... Women have right. blocked all the time. Like one of one tube might be blocked, the other one might be open. It right. happens. Mine right. were good. But right. when they went on the inside of my uterus, they did notice like little polyps, which are like little gross or nothing to really worry about. But they would impact like if I did have an embryo in there, the embryo might have a hard time implanting in the uterus and, and securing a pregnancy. So she's like, well, we got to get those things out of there. Okay. Okay. I was like, okay. okay. I mean, but mind you, I would have never known. I would have right. never known. And right. I could have just been spending more money. And Oh my God. Right. You know, exactly. So it's like, it's really important. And I think that's why I was really happy about this experience because, you know, and I could compare myself to straight couples all the time because some straight women, I have straight friends who've been trying for years and, and they never really think to like learn their reproductive health and like go get it checked out. It's like, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to just keep trying. I'm not getting the timing right. I'm yeah. not. Um, but it's worthwhile to have that knowledge of like what's going on with your body because everybody's situation is different and you never really know if there's something going on. Um, that's, that's holding you back from like this baby that you want. So yeah. I had to have a little, I had to have a minor surgery. The surgery. Really? I did to have the polyps removed. Oh um, my God. I know. Right. And so, but it was a, it was a quick procedure. It was only like 30 minutes, but they did have to put me under. So okay. I, ha- I had to go to sleep. Um, the surgery was like 15 minutes and then you wake up and it's over. But, you know, I w- the polyps are all gone. They showed them to me. They're like little, little. Yeah, what do they look like? They're little small, like growths of some sort. Okay. And I mean, I, you know, there's no real way of knowing where they came from or why they grew or anything. Um, 
it's so just something that it's just something that women have and right you, know, you just will never know unless you like actually go in there and see it so <laughs> go in there and just, like, just go in there yeah <laughs> and, they, and when they when they tested to see what was going in there they stuck like a camera through uh-huh. um through my cervix and as soon as she went in there she showed it to me she's like do you see these little things i was Woo! like oh yeah i do right because you're waiting for you it didn't really scare okay. me. Out. It, it honestly just made me feel better about the the failures. It's like, okay, maybe this is why I wasn't working. Ah. Um, and I was kind of devastated at first. I was like, oh no, this means I can't have, you know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. The doctor immediately calmed him down. She's like, this okay, is good. nothing that's going to hold you back. We just got to go get him out of there. Okay. And, she, and they scheduled me. I was in for surgery literally the next week. So oh, I mean, okay. it, it's not, it's not really anything. It sounds major, but it's not. Um, and so, and it just took a day of recovery, nothing major. And then that next period I was able to, um, try again at the doctors. And this time I didn't do it at home. I had the doctors put the sperm inside me. So. Okay. So, <laughs> so is that, is that considered in vitro? For that's me? not, that's not in vitro. Oh, um, okay. that's yeah. So in vitro, well, we'll talk about in vitro next, but this time is just them taking the sperm, sticking it in my uterus, but my egg still has to come down. They still have to meet and they still have to make an embryo. So like they okay. help by putting the sperm in there for you, but your body still has to do the work. So Okay. The egg still has to come. That's called an IUI. It's it's IUI, not as expensive. Okay. So the sperm is like a thousand, and then the procedure I think is like a thousand to have them. Oh. But they also they're putting how they're putting like a whole vial of that. They sperm. put the whole vial okay. in there. But okay. they also they also um, remember I was saying we were I had to figure out my own ovulation when I was yes. trying it at home. Well, the doctors they monitor you throughout your cycle and they know exactly when you're going to ovulate because they're right. They're tracking, they track your uh, hormones and stuff for you. So they okay. take out all the guesswork and you're, you're going in several days a week because they're tracking you on a database, a day-to-day basis. And they're watching your hormone levels go up or down. Ooh. And all that is, is blood work. They just draw your blood. Oh, okay. Okay. And, yeah. okay. and so when they draw your blood, they test your blood and they say, Hey, this hormone level is here. And so they okay. literally will look at your blood every day and then they'll call you and be like, okay, your numbers are right. Come in tomorrow wow. so we can put the sperm in you. You right. guys, this is a whole cosa. It's like a whole process. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I know I'm, I'm hoping some of the listeners are like learning like yeah. stuff, you know, because it's like, I fucking didn't know any of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like some women be like, damn it, I got pregnant. Fuck, right. you know? Not knowing how hard right. it is if you really like, you know, if you're a same sex yeah. couple and you're trying to have a child this is a lot of yeah. work and it, money so honestly that's like the, the hardest part is like spending so much time trying and watching people around you get pregnant who aren't trying they're pregnant day in day out i mean accidentally you're the covid babies how about that all the all the quarantine kids because you know <laughs> motherfuckers at home and then my one coworker too she was like yeah girl i had a oops baby i was like oh it's so like, insane. Like, you have no idea how, like, impeccable your timing has to be to actually get pregnant. So when people do it without even thinking, and just because they just out here busting nuts and having good sex and... <laughs> busting it wide open. Right? Busting it wide open. Y'all are just wow. doing it all on the right day. It's pretty... Because it's, it's, it's a complicated situation. It honestly is, so... Girl, I'm over here. I trip every damn time when I meet my partner. I be like... 
like I, shit, sweating and shit. Not <laughs> like, but the thing is, if I knew my body more, like more, I need to fucking you, do, I would know that I'm good. Like I'm not even good. fucking ovulating. ovulating. No way. <laughs> bust it all wide open. <laughs> bust it all. You know. Right. Nah. That's yeah. so interesting. Okay, so the doctor put did I I I U I. IUI, it stands for IUI. Intra, intrauterine insemination, insemination, okay. which is putting the sperm in your uterus and trying to get you inseminated. So okay. we did that a couple times. I actually got pregnant during one of those times. Um, what timing was, was this, Kendra? Was this during the pandemic, during the quarantine? This was, this was all, this was 2019. So this oh, was, this was pre-pandemic. This, this was pre-pandemic, got you. yes. Okay. And we ended up, just to give an idea, we ended up trying for like two and a half years before I had a pregnancy that went full term. Oh, Can you wow. believe it? Can you believe it? It's like, dang. Ooh, it, it, wow. The whole process, the whole process is pretty um, taxing emotionally. And yeah, it's, it's it's a lot when you're like actively trying, um, which is crazy because you end up being stressed and you have all this anxiety. And like, those are the two number one factors that can like, help you not get pregnant you can't right. be stressed while you're trying to get pregnant but then you stress so it's like a mind fuck for real true, um, true. so um we did the IUIs a couple of times I got pregnant on the second time but I ended up miscarrying like at oh. five weeks five or six weeks really? or so. yes I did so that was you know and it and that was crazy too because you know, even though miscarriages are super common, um, yeah. early pregnancy, I still didn't think it would happen to me. I just didn't right. think anything of it. So it kind of was like, whoa, it, it shocked did that, me. Did that hit you really emotionally? Because um, Yeah, it did. Because I was trying to be level-headed the whole time just for the same reason that I said I wasn't trying to be stressed. I wasn't trying to have anxiety. You know, I was going through my spiritual journey at the time. So I was like, you know, I hope the, the universe is going to get us pregnant when the universe wants us to get pregnant. You can't, you know, our journey journey is supposed to be what it is um so I was trying to embrace that even when the miscarriage happened but there's going to be disappointment you know even when yeah. you when you you believe in divine timing and stuff like that so I definitely was um disappointed and you know it was a lot going on in life at the time so I had some stuff to distract me um but it, you know it was what it was it was like right. all right we got to take a break and you know we'll start over at the drawing board in a couple of months and we'll try again you know and I was discouraged too because my wife is just there you know trying to support me through it but then when you're not getting pregnant and it's like five times to try you're wondering if you can get pregnant you know I don't know what she's thinking we're spending she's like super frugal and I'm like every time we try we're spending (laughs) thousands of dollars and I'm like uh is she gonna I didn't know if she was gonna say maybe this isn't for us I mean there was so many like things going on but you know I, I kept the faith we took some time off we took a vacation after the miscarriage um we just kind of like hit the reset but that's when she was competing for her bodybuilding contest at the time yes so, oh so my we kind of focused on her let her do that got through all of that um what an you know, accomplishment we, though for her like yeah I know I know I can't I wait know. to like I'm hoping that she you know decides to come on and talk to us about that because I want to I want to hear about that story too because that's yeah she should I'm sure she'll be open to it but that was going on while we were getting yeah. pregnant so you know it, that, it, and that was a lot too because she didn't necessarily like literally the miscarriage happened I think April 20th and she had to go on the stage the first week of May so it was like wow. the two weeks before and the two weeks before 
going on a bodybuilding contest, it's like yeah. insane. They're like not eating anything. She was hangry. It was, she was emotional. Like she's going through her own stuff. Right. And then I'm dealing with a miscarriage uh, at the same time. So damn. our whole household was like, a going show. through it going through <laughs> it, was, it yeah it was, it was it was a lie it was a lie so um that's why we took a vacation it just took a few months off mm-hmm. um and we tried you a couple more it. times we did, we did yeah. we did we did we yeah. did tried a couple more times doing the iui that didn't work either so really we so wait how many a total of how many times did you do that so we did three times at home we did four iuis i pregnant on the second one and then we did two more after um and those oh. two were not successful so that's y'all do, now y'all do the math y'all do the math, do the math. so <laughs> for my, y'all do the math i mean so my people out there listening that are like Listen, oh that's my god that's pregnancy literally. i'm scared or like got pregnant very easily see this is a, if you you should be blessed because mm-hmm. this shit is serious if you really want to have serious. children it's it's mm-hmm. and it's very like taxing if you can't and, do it and yes and that's why they say on april fools don't be making those pregnancy jokes and and that oh, is yeah. very very real because so you never know like a woman's story you know and i know right. so many women get pregnant all the time and easily but there are also an equal amount of women who are struggling Girl. to get pregnant um Girl. so you it's just you never know who those little jokes are going to trigger and stuff of course you know? yeah. yeah and it happens yeah. to everyone i mean are you familiar with chrissy teigen and john Le- yes Le- yes right yes. right I oh my god him. my heart him. broke i cannot imagine i cannot imagine my I heart completely him. broke and i stand them like they make um obviously the cutest babies ever mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know but i'm a little biased because they're thai and black just like me <laughs> right so. mm-hmm. um but no literally like when she had that child, was it was stillborn, right? Like it was stillborn. She had to oh. li- had to deliver it, which is like so she carried it full term, uh, mm-hmm. and then to have the baby. Ba- oh God, my it's, heart it's hard. And she already she had two kids already, so it could happen at any it, you know. Any, like honestly, childbirth, pregnancy, fertility, all of it is such a sensitive matter. Such a sensitive oh. matter. So and and I can't. I and my heart was broken for her. I cannot imagine going through a full term pregnancy. And having yeah. to experience that, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I can't. It's, yeah, I, my heart broke for her. So, but to hear your story too, it's just like, I didn't realize myself, you know, mm-hmm. I'm over here in the, you know, on the back end, just like seeing, you know, oh, look how pretty she looks pregnant. Oh my God, look at those photos. And then all of a sudden Kyra calls like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. But I had no idea the mm-hmm. work, the work that went yeah. into, you know, having baby Cairo in this world with us. So Okay, so we have gone through, you said you had a miscarriage, you tried two more times, yep. and then, so obviously baby Cairo is here. So how was, what was the success in your pregnancy? The success is coming. I know it's a bunch of failure already, but here it comes. So the, <laughs> end of, the end of 2019, I have to mention our last vacation because, you know, COVID is starting to come around yeah. the corner. So, you know, after those last two times, we planned an impromptu vacation to Bali at the end of 2019. Yes, Bali! We, yes, I, I love, love Bali. And, oh. and, I, and I love your hometown, too, in uh, Thailand. So we, let yeah. me tell you. You went to Thailand, too? You went to Thailand, too? I did the Thailand. We went to Thailand right before we started all together. Okay, but when cute. we went to Thailand, you know we got suckered into buying a timeshare, right? Oh, my God. So we God. bought a... No, girl, did. we bought... Oh, my God. We, we sure did, but it's for all of those countries over there. So we're going to be back in Bangkok as soon. Okay. And we also... 
and we and we used our and we also used our face first vacation um in Bali as well with the time shift. So they they suckered us, but we I mean we loved it over there. Like I fell okay. in love when I went to Thailand. So it's I feel like it's a win-win for everybody. Hell fucking yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know so, that's right. So we went to Bali, had a the vacation of our lives. Where'd you go um, in Bali? We went to all of all of the, the main ones, Phuket, PP. Okay. Uh, oh, that's Thailand, no? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. I'm sorry. That no, was, no, you're good. Kind of, Bali, there's like Seminyak, there's Seminyak Ubud. Okay. We okay. stayed we say the Seminyak and we went inland Ubud for the day Ubud. and went to see Monkey Ubud Forest. Ubud is beautiful. Oh, my yes. God, guys. Oh, so beautiful. Yes. Love it. Um, that's what we did. It was beautiful. I mean, we drank the whole time. We knew we were going to start at 20, the top of 2020. We were going to start trying again. So we wanted to like go and have a good time. So we just gotcha. went. We did all these water sports and like it was amazing. Um, so we came back top of 2020 and I called my doctor. I was like, look, it's been four times. We're ready for in vitro. In vitro is, you know, um, the most costly way to do it. Okay. But it has the highest success rates. Okay. And it ha- it, it costs so much because they they go in, they take your egg out, they fertilize it in a petri dish, they make oh. an embryo, which is a baby. Um, so they do all the work for you. They take oh. out all the guesswork of your body. All they they get you your babies, then they put it in there, and then all your body has to do is pretty much accept the embryo into your uterus. Um, which wow. is is pretty easy. It's pretty easy, you know, and that's why the success success rates are so high. Um, Do you know the percentage of they, the success rate of huh? Do you know the percentage of of oh, success? I, I want to say like. I have no idea. Maybe okay, high eighties, okay. high eighties, okay, low, okay, low okay, 90s, something like that. I mean, and and obviously your uterus has to be in good standing because your right. uterus is the one that has to, um, you know. And they checked me again before I did IVF because since I had those polyps the first right. time, right. they wanted to make sure that I didn't get any new ones. Okay, so they checked it again, and I didn't get any new ones, which was great. I didn't have to have any more surgeries. Um, but your uterus has to be in pretty good shape for the embryo to come in. And honestly, that's a whole nother process because they your body releases one egg every cycle but when you do in vitro they blow up all your follicles to increase your chances and they want to get a bunch of eggs so instead of just doing one egg they take out i end up having uh 18 eggs taken out wow right so they they put you on all this medication they go in they take all the eggs out um, they and then you get that one vial of sperm, they fertilize all the eggs, and that's how women end up with like nine, 10, 15 embryos. So, like, now I still have eight babies frozen right now. That what? I, I, I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy, really. It is. So, they take out 18, they fertilize them, but you know, as they like freeze them and do all of that stuff, some of them don't make the process, so they kind of die off. Um, okay. And that's why I went from 18 to, to nine. And so I had nine embryos. They put one inside me, and that's baby Cairo. And then I still have... That's amazing! Yeah. And then you Oh, my God. Even, so you can just, like, go and decide whenever you want to have another child? Another child. Yes, I can. And you can even test the embryos on the front end to find out what the genders are. 
Um, so say for, and I didn't test these embryos at all. I just told them to give me the best looking embryo. And right. they can tell, by the way, it looks if it's like a good quality embryo. They gave me the best one and it was a baby boy. But if I did want to go back and have a girl, for instance, they could test the embryo and they would, could put a girl embryo in me. That's so cool. It's oh insane. It, it costs a lot of money, Kim. Oh, you girl. Know, science, science is expensive, but it can do a lot of magic if you need it to. Girl, it how really much are you talking about? Like, just in vitro. Um, well, like, so I don't even know because we had good insurance. Okay, um, good. Thank God. Girl. But, you know, so we spent 10000 on the first tries. Okay. And then if we did not have good insurance, I mean, I don't even know. I think medication is like 5,000 and then, wow. It, and then all of in vitro is like 20, 20 something. Whoo, girl, yeah. baby Cairo. These, I know, right? These days though, depending on who, what kind of insurance you have, there are yeah. good, there's usually pretty decent fertility co- uh, coverage. Because okay, for, good. And I don't know, I don't know what has sparked it, but like a lot of the companies out there, even small companies have decent fertility coverage just because I think women have fertility issues. And it's real. It's real tough. Yeah. You need, you need that support. You really do. Um, especially since the procedures are so expensive. So, right. um, you know, it can be, it can be helpful. Girl, I, that blew my mind right there though. Like the With fact that you still have, yeah. I was I like, do. wait, whoa, whoa, wait. Like that's, <laughs> so do you know how long like you can keep them for? I can keep them as long as I, you have to pay for storage. So. Oh, oh they, so it's, it's like freezing your eggs too. Like I know women do like, that. Exactly. They'll freeze their yeah, eggs. So, and, yeah, so you okay. freeze your eggs or you can freeze embryos. Um, oh. So yeah, you I mean, they can store them for however long you want. As long as you paying that money. Science, y'all. <laughs> it's, Science. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing how they, how they do it. And honestly, you know, in vitro was so like quick. It like escalated really quick. I went in for my first IVF appointment and then I was pregnant like the next month. Really? It happens, and it happens really quickly. Like you go in to when they retrieve your eggs, you do have to go to sleep, but it's only a 10 minute procedure. You they do it you wake up and they call you that day and they're like hey we pulled out 10 of your eggs and and they'll even call you the next day and say okay so we put the sperm in there and now you have oh so they give you little checkups like a little little update okay literally on a day because they fertilize them you know right away and then they have to freeze them fairly quickly too because they can't survive right um, right with with, uh, either outside the body or they have to be frozen yeah so, so it's a, cool. It's, it's dope. It really is dope. Yeah. Oh my God. Now, okay. That is like the most interesting story. Cause it's just like, I had no idea. Yeah. That, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's crazy. And it, Cause if you have, if you do it, like it, it's really affirming because some women try at home all the time. Right. Like yeah. I, I have a friend now who's been trying for a year and a half and stuff. So, okay. you know, it sucks because you want your body to do it. Like it, it's, it's kind of like, disheartening to be a woman and feel like, you know, you, yeah. your body can't do what it's supposed to do. Um, and I know some women experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also amazing to know that science has developed so much over the last 10 yeah. years. Cause I don't even think IVF has been around that long. I think they had the first IVF baby in like the eighties, maybe oh, that's like okay. when they first started to try, um, this with IVF and then right. it's blown up and, you know, like, it's like, it's not the end of the world if you can't do it on your own. Like, it can be you done. Can you help. can get the support and the help to, right. to, to, you know, fulfill your dream of having a family if you can't seem to 
to on your own. Well, now this now this kind of leads me into the next question is like, so um, so Kendra, you have been you were trying, you know, yes. with your body for many, for many months and, and then years in the sense. Did mm-hmm. it ever the conversation ever come up when your wife could carry Cairo or the baby? That's a very good question. So my wife is like not at all interested in carrying a baby. Okay. Um, she, she understands like the, the toll it has on the body, you know, even being pregnant for nine months, you know, it's emotional yeah. and, you know, she's a type that will cry over stubbing her toe. So she's like not interested in, you know, potentially having to, you know, deal with the ups and downs of the emotions and your body changes. Some women have complicated pregnancies, you know, yeah. pregnancies where they're throwing up the whole time, pregnancies Ooh, where girl. they have, high blood pressure like there's so many things that can happen in pregnancy um and she's just not interested in like seeing what that could be like but let me tell you what else science can do and we're maybe going to explore this for baby number two okay okay she might have her eggs retrieved and then i could carry very cool her embryo yes okay yes because i have heard of that as well to kind of like, I don't know, maybe someone in my past, like past couples that I've, that I've talked to about this, where they kind of wanted to incorporate both partners in the process yeah, yeah. in this, you know, so yes, I've heard of where maybe the other partner can use that, their eggs. And then that way it's like, everyone's involved. Everyone's so to involved. Speak. It's called, it's called reciprocal IVF where, you know, you would have her eggs. And so she would only have to, the whole process of getting your eggs retrieved is only like two weeks. You have to take medication and then you have to have that procedure. So she can commit, she's willing to commit to two (laughs) weeks of medication and even a little surgical procedure. But that's like, that's the extent of where she's trying to go. Did that ever bother you or have an issue when it came to like... You know, no, because she she cries at a stub toe and I am literally like superwoman. I can do like I, I'm not anti any of that. I already know that I have a high tolerance for like I wasn't scared of uh, labor okay. and delivery. Okay. I wasn't scared. You know, it, we just have you wanted you wanted this experience. I wanted to. Yeah. I okay. I really did. I really did. And honestly, it was a beautiful pregnancy, too. So, yeah. I mean, I got, I, was I, got super, I got super lucky. I did not have yeah. any like. Um, major symptoms, you know, and that all happened. So that was at the top of 2020. In fact, our um, our embryo transfer was on March 13th. So, you know, that was before. Oh my God, like the week it happened. The like week the week the ha- world shut down. Holy shit. shit. Holy shit. Like to the point where I almost thought they were, they started canceling um, the IVF procedures, but I had already started all my medication. So they couldn't like, it would have messed up everything. So they, I was on the tail end of getting my procedure done because they cut it off um, the following week. And so the you, only so reason you why almost, I yeah, you I almost, almost didn't, didn't even, oh, wow. Okay, and I was, and you what know, a I miracle. I know. Right. Cause so many women had to wait months. I don't think yeah. they started taking, um, and, and when you've been trying for a year and a half, it's like, I don't want to have to wait anymore. No. So I really yeah. got, I got super lucky. My procedure was on March 13th. I got a, my pregnant positive pregnancy test on March 22nd. And I was pregnant at home on the couch working remotely during quarantine the whole time. So, I mean, I got lucky. I didn't have to. And, you know, wow. I've been trying for two and a half years and spending all that money. And, you know, I wanted to be home. 
you, I didn't want to experience Girl. the loss or the, the opportunity of like, or the potential rather of like losing the child. Or right. just, you know, I wanted to be able to stay home, take care of myself. And that's another thing. Like, I think sometimes people take being pregnant for granted, but like mm-hmm. that, after my experience, I was so protective of my experience is so protective of like the things I ate and just mm-hmm. trying to make sure I did everything I could to have a full-term pregnancy and not have to, you yeah. know, go down the road anymore. You know, I've been yeah. trying for a long time. I was ready to bring a baby. Wow, girl. And then, yeah, it no. kind of almost like was a blessing that you, the, the, the pen, like not saying the pandemic happening, but mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that you could be home and still work and, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. kind of like worked out beautifully in that sense it for was, you and your family. So it was perfect wow. timing. It was really yes, was perfect God's timing. timing is always right, guys. I mean, it, it if really you don't was. believe in it, I'm sorry, but I truly believe that the universe and God's timing is all just perfect. So if you have to also just have faith and just yes. manifest you know, your happiness, you have to manifest it. Like you have to just like, and be positive about it. Like, that's why I was like super, super, super happy for you and your wife. Cause you guys have been nothing but just like positive entities to me. That, that's the experience I've experienced with you guys. So like, I never felt that, you know, like I, I was just happy for you guys. I didn't know your history. I didn't know your, all the work that went into it at all. But, you know, I was just genuinely like, oh, beautiful. I'm like, they are such a cute black lesbian couple. Like, <laughs> and now they got this cute black baby. Like, I'm so like, oh. But, oh, yeah. So, so also to, to baby Cairo. Um, now, you are Cairo's uh, birth, uh, what is it? Biological mother, correct? Yeah, birth, birth mommy, yeah. Um, and so, do you know anything about the father? Do you know what, Girl, like, I nationality? Do you know... I say this about straight people or say this to straight people all the time. I know more about Cairo's daddy than y'all be knowing about <laughs> y'all baby daddies. Okay. Um, and, that, and that's, that's legit. So the sperm banks, you know, they provide so much information. Now there's like layers too. You can get like the silver layer, the gold layer or the platinum layer, right? Really? Whichever one you pay the most money for or whatever one you pick, um, the more information, you know, right? right? So you get the platinum where you get baby pictures, you get voice interviews, you get why they answer questions about why they wanted to become donors. You get really? all of their medical history. So they test them, obviously, you um to test to see if it's even compatible. So like if he is a carrier for like, some disorder or something they check yours too to see if you're a carrier because if both of you are carriers then the likelihood of your child having it so you get so much information you get all of their family's medical history i know what their mama look like oh my god that's crazy the height even personality types you know and it's all they answer the questions in terms of like personality types but it's still helpful to kind of know um something uh but the medical history is all like tested and and everything so you know you kind of know you know everything huh no was it everything so baby cairo's father is is black or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay was it important to have you know like the race in the sense of like would you did you want uh cairo's daddy to be your baby's Absolutely. father to be black, yeah. Absolutely. I we I mean, we are people of color. Would I look like raising anything other than that? You know what I mean? It was very important for me too, because also so that I can like 
know what I'm dealing with. That's that's the only experience I know. Right. I've been, I done been raised as a black woman and, you know, um, I want to be able to pour into him and, and, you know, tell him who he is based on my experience and based on the people who I spend my time with. So, right. yeah. Yeah, it was very, very important. All that There are, well, I will say this, these sperm banks don't have a whole lot of black donors, first of all. Um, and Interesting. Just, I mean, it's, it's no different than any other. We the minority everywhere else in the world and we're the minority in these sperm banks too. Really? Really. Wow. So, you know, you have to really shop around too because there's this whole so there's two like major sperm banks it's like the target and walmart of sperm banks but then they have like the smaller ones so the two major ones um they only have a handful of black donors literally only a handful and so in my community of lesbian women we're all having babies now right and everybody's going to these same two sperm banks and i'm like do y'all realize if y'all all go to the same sperm bank and y'all all buy the same <laughs> sperm all these kids is gonna be related yeah um, they're gonna be brothers and sisters literally and and that's, that's, that's cute a whole, though that's cute i mean it's kind of cute but like <laughs> him it's crazy too because we haven't even explored it yet but there's a network um connected to the sperm bank where you can kind of like find the siblings if you want to okay some of these donors got 15 some kids i know i know and i haven't so we went we ended up going to a smaller sperm bank for this very reason just because okay you you didn't um, want you didn't want that experience i don't necessarily want that i don't mind that he has siblings but i don't I don't know. I just don't okay. want them to all be in my community. I don't got think. you. I don't know. Got you. And you know, we're and then honestly, the lesbian community, we're not the only ones buying sperm. Straight people buy sperm too because That's sometimes, very true. Very sometimes true. the sometimes it, the fertility problem be with the man. It don't yeah. even be the woman. Sometimes the sperm don't be working, and so then they got to go buy some. Yeah. But um, yeah, we just didn't want to really bump into you know other other donor or other families with donors. And so I have, I don't know if he has any siblings yet. I'm going to, um, at some point send in my, my email and right. it check out. it out. Yeah. Well, they, and, but and the thing is though, the donors, they also give up their rights as father, so to speak. They right? give so up their rights as, right, they give right. up their rights as father, but some of them are open to um, meeting them once they turn 18. So, oh, you know, that, wow. that's something they can, they can either choose to be completely anonymous forever or they can, um, Opt to to be open, and that doesn't mean uh-huh. you know that I have to send Cairo his way when he turns eighteen. But if, for instance, Cairo, you know, grows up right. and learns that Samara ain't his daddy, <laughs> I'll, be like, I'll be like, you know, because he's gonna learn. He's yeah, gonna know. yeah. Point, you know, he's gonna go to, to well, sex ed, and he's gonna learn. And I, you know, we have no idea how we're going to handle these I was just going to ask, like, do you feel comfortable with, like, oh, Cairo I mean, meeting, like, looking for his father or biological father? I'm sorry. Like, you know, um, we have, I mean, we would have to be open to it. Yeah. You know, like, and it, it, this is, it, this whole experience is, like, on-the-job training. Like, we're going to figure it out as we okay. go along. That's real. Um, because, because, you know, we don't even have access to a lot of kids who, who were birthed this way just because it's a new age thing, right? Like, right. The, the same-sex parents are having kids or same-sex couples having kids is not a common thing. We're literally, like, the trailblazers of the process, right? So that's yeah. the process there. We're the, uh, the trailblazers of the process. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if he's going to say I want to meet him. I don't know. I don't know. 
So, okay, you know, we're, okay. we're, we're open. I think my wife is open too. Um, but we're going to figure it out when we get down, when we get to that road. Right. Okay. Um, okay. That's know. real. And then, okay. So baby Cairo's here. I mean, he's literally in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, <laughs> she's a mama. So, you know, uh-huh. I'm trying to be respectful and not keep her too long because she's got to feed and things. So, um, <laughs> but I did want to make sure like, like, so, cause we are pole dancers, right? We have pole sisters. Yes. You, did course. you pole dance the whole time you were pregnant and now? Oh so, my and, gosh. Yeah. No, well I didn't. So I know I just, I mentioned earlier that I was super careful. Like I didn't want to, I was nervous. Like I would hate to have Oh, tried. that's right. Cause, yeah. I, had a, cause okay. I had an obligation to my wife as well. So imagine yeah. us trying seven, eight times, me getting pregnant. And then like, I do something stupid. Girl, you and, go do an invert and then, whew. and then, and the, you know, and then it'd be yeah. like a high risk pregnancy or something. That's not right. something that a risk I was willing to take um, for myself or for her. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, I had a duty to her and, and, and I'm carrying the baby. So I had to do everything I could. I did pull a couple of times. I'm not going to say I did okay. go down there. You don't have a pole in my basement. Yeah. Um, so, and I would be doing laundry and I would be like, let me just go see <laughs> <laughs> what I can do. So right. I maybe throughout the whole course of the pregnancy, I pulled maybe three or four times and I was doing basic stuff like yeah. fireman's fins and okay. Nothing yeah. major. I kept it real cute. And I already knew, like, going into pregnancy, I already knew that I wasn't going to be one of those pole mommies that, okay. you know, pole yeah. the whole... Because, you know, they do it, girl. They will pole that- up until 40 weeks, child. You guys, women pole dance during pregnancy... You know, before pregnancy, during pregnancy, and after pregnancy. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I remember when I was teaching, we had a, a one of my students. She was like six, seven months pregnant in class, and she was getting it, girl. She was mm-hmm. doing the mm-hmm. choreo. You know yep. what I'm saying? She wouldn't do tricks classes, but she would do the pole dancing classes. And I got to mm-hmm. tell you, I thought it was very good for her. I mean, she kept her in shape. She said she mm-hmm. felt amazing from it. Mm-hmm. So I guess mm-hmm. it's just a case-by-case basis. And I'm, for you, totally understand why you didn't want to risk it. So, uh, mm-hmm. But you're back on the pole now, and you're kind of like yes. getting into it. Me and Kendra both are, guys, because I took a huge break as well, because I just was like, I need a break from this fucking... Yeah, you took no I need a break, break girl. So, and like, I stopped teaching, and I have so many people that want me to teach again. I'm just like, I love y'all down, but I got to figure shit out if I even want to go down that road again. Again, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. right now it's just a, it's just trying to get back on the pole and learn. Girl, be the 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 pole kisses, girl. My I mean, my the calluses, girl. I was like, girl. I forgot all this shit. Ooh. Completely forgot. I completely forgot. I did my first inside leg hang and I felt that burn on my inner girl. I, I was stunned. Was oh. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I I have a video which I will post soon on my Instagram of like me doing a Superman. Oh, Lord. No. <laughs> Superman. So, guys, all these poll tricks, if you're watching the visuals, I'll put examples of what we're talking about because right now it must be like a foreign language. But uh, <laughs> Superman is just kind of what do you what you envision in your head, like the Superman pose, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. that pain, that is, I think, arguably the most painful. It is. In, it is in pole dancing. So mm-hmm. I did one of those girl and I said, oh, I came out of it. I was like, oh, <laughs> the pain, the pain. But obviously, I mean, oh, good question. How about that? Po- having the baby, having Cairo, mm-hmm. painful as fuck? Or would you say, which is worse, pole dancing pain or having a baby? Oh, obviously. gosh. Um, <laughs> I okay, so my I did natural for 18 hours, no medication. I ended up not the whole time, just the first 18. There was no medication for the first 18. It was doable. It was doable. 
but it goes from like doable and then it hits this curve where it's just like, whoa, what is happening? Um, and so I, I would say it was doable, but my wife will tell you that I was in a deep state of meditation. I was like, not even myself. It was, I wasn't talking the whole time. Um, you're just really focused on each contraction. So it's painful and it's doable, but it it, it kind of sends you, like, it was almost like I was like high a little bit. I was in this like uh. weird, um, and then you have all these hormones. Oxytocin is like major when you're um, going through labor, which is like an upper, it, 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 there's a lot to it. So okay. you, it's doable, but it takes a lot of preparation work. And, and I ended up getting the epidural after a while just because I didn't know how much longer I was going to be in labor. I had already oh been in labor for 18 hours. And so, like, if you could tell me I was going to have my baby in an hour, I would have stuck it out. Okay. But there's there's this there's this element of just it being unknown. Yeah. Was I going to be in labor for another hour or was it going to be another six? If it was going to be six more hours, give me the epidural. Really? <laughs> you know, but they can't, they can't really tell you. So that's why I went ahead and got it just because I didn't know. I didn't know um, how much longer I was going to be um, in labor. So I did 18, no medication, finally got the epidural and he came within like three or four hours after that. Okay, so, okay. Um, and Girl. then by then, by then I had my epidural. I felt like a new woman. I'm no longer like not talking. I was talking. I was laughing. I was myself. Um, Cause before that girl, I was loopy. I had <laughs> videos of it and I was like, really? my eyes were kind of like rolling and wow. it's, 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 it's pretty taxing. It's pretty taxing. Um, Ooh. but women do it all the time. I mean, listen, do it all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm over here like, Oh, cause I have not gone through that. Still don't know if I want to, I, I'll Aww. be honest with y'all. I don't know, girl. I don't know. I'm 31. So we'll see. Cause the oh, time, so the, the 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 it's click it's ticking. You know, what I'm you saying gotta, you're like you got a couple years to figure out if you want to do it or not. And girl. you're super strong. Like I feel like you you would be fine. Women, mothers are heroes and literally superheroes. Super like Please men out there, if you if if a woman had a baby for you, you better kiss her feet because that Listen. shit right there. Mm-mm. is the truth all right it is. So, it really is. well that was kind of like a perfect segue into kind of like because you know I've, I've with all my guests in the show I wanted to kind of go into we all do the meditate masturbate medicate segment but we have been speaking for a little bit I want to give you a little break um mm-hmm. so we will take a quick break and then sure. uh, when we come back Kendra will kind of go into and talk about meditate masturbate or medicate and we, and we will be right back, be right back after, after these detailed, detailed messages. We are back, everyone. And you know what, guys? We have baby Cairo in the episode now. He's feeding. So Kendra is on mommy duty, guys. So that's why I did want to go ahead and change up the subject. Let's go ahead and get into meditate, masturbate, or medicate. Um, Kendra, what would you like to talk about today? They all sound good, honestly, but I'm going to pick meditate. Yes, meditate. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, since you did mention it before the break about how you went into this meditative state when you were pregnant, Mm -hmm. can you maybe enlighten us on that or whatever you want to talk about? Well, um, honestly, even meditation in general, it became a part of like my practice in life at the beginning of this 
baby making situation. Um, and so I'll talk about how I got into it with labor, but I practiced for two years before. Ah. Um, and I, I didn't start practicing because I wanted to use it for labor and delivery. But um, going into the baby making process, you know, I'm so used to in life, I'm so used to having control over like everything that towards the beginning of the process, when I realized I wasn't getting pregnant, I realized it was a process that I didn't have control over, right? You know, getting pregnant is not something that I would be able to snap my fingers and make happen. Right. Um, and so for me, you know, that kind of caused me a little anxiety and a little stress. And so it kind of just naturally pushed me into a spiritual journey where I kind of had to get comfortable with just letting go and, okay. and, and really leaning into the universe, doing what it was going to do and also being open to um, letting it do what it was going to do and, and, and not being disappointed. Um, and so that doing some research that led me to meditation and how I could use meditation to um, just remain calm, to kind of manage my stress levels, to kind of manage my anxiety and high being high strung over the process. Cause I, it's important to be even killed when trying to get pregnant. And, you know, I didn't want, I wanted to be level-headed during the whole process. So I mean, I started just researching all these different meditations. I found this Instagram. Um, it's called Moon Omens. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know. It's called Moon Omens, but they do these um, full moon meditations. Um, and I started doing those. And it's pretty cool. I'll tell you what it yeah, is. Yeah, like, please. Yeah, I would love to do it. Yeah. But they do the full moon meditations, which I started doing. This was in 2019, and I was doing them every month. And then several times a day, too, I would just go down into my pole room, light candles, light some things. I got into crystals and all of that. Yes. And then... um. That's really where I practiced meditation and kind of perfected it because, you know, when you first do it, it's hard to, to silence your mind, right? So you're right. laying there and you're like, I'm supposed to be quiet and I'm supposed to be like one with the universe, but you have every thought in the the known to man. You could start thinking about stupid shit like, where's my birth certificate? Where those things yes. that I had last week? So when I first started, that's what meditation was like to me. Um, but I just kept doing it. I stayed committed. I stayed committed. And it became easy. It became like, I started having like these moments where I would have these creative creative ideas come out of nowhere. Or I would just, I would even think about the baby making process. I would just kind of like let, my mind go and then stuff will kind of come to me. It's, 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 you quiet down, but then like stuff comes to you. Really? Um, so I, I did that for years and, you know, it was amazing. And so when it was time to start, you know, practicing for labor, it was easy work. Like it was, I had been used to quieting my mind. And so it was, I, that's why I was able to go through labor for 18 hours with no medication. Ooh, I was just, girl. I was quiet. I was breathing. Nothing could sway me. Um, it took, and, and it took, it took work. And so now I can say that meditation is my, my go-to practice. I do it when I'm going to sleep, you know, before I, you had insomnia, your insomnia, I wasn't able to fall asleep at night. It's easy. Now I literally sit down, you focus on your breathing and, it's something I do every single day. It's something is it's a mood manager. It's a I mean, I look I will sing the praises of meditation any chance I get because it helped me literally through those years of dealing. I dealt with the miscarriage, like all yeah. of that stuff. It really, it really was helpful through every stage of the process. Um and 
it's like a life tool for me. It's something that I would encourage anyone to, you know, just to help deal with stress and just life in general. Life is no easy feat, you know. No, it's so not. yeah, I, it's it's my go to. It's my go to. That's why I was. That's why I picked it to talk about. It sounds like you have really mastered, in a sense, for you. Mm-hmm. Like the practice yeah. of meditation. And I have yet to do that. Like I still struggle, you mm-hmm. know, with meditation. Like I try to, you know, like mostly in the mornings before I wake up, I try to make time, but girls on my phone be distracting me. You know, you grab your phone, check your mm-hmm. messages, mm-hmm. check mm-hmm. your emails, you know, and I need to be better about that too. And it sounds like you have like mastered that in the sense of like, because of everything that was going on with, with mm-hmm. trying to get pregnant. So kudos to you. Like, well, that thank you. amazing. You know, and you said I've mastered it for me. And that's like exactly it. Like everybody's experience with meditation is going to be different. You know, everybody's right. journey to it. And honestly, being drawn to meditation um, is usually something in life that happens where it's kind of like, okay, I... I can't, life is crazy. Life is whooping my ass. I need to figure something out. And that's kind of what happened for me. It's like, I didn't feel like life was whooping my ass, but I felt like I needed to like find something. Like I needed something to kind of like calm me down, help me get through just, you know, the day to day and and they was drawn I was drawn to meditation and it's it's worked for me it really has um and then what I will say to anyone who has tried it and it feels like you know I can't quiet my mind I can't just to be patient and, and yeah. to be patient and not to be too hard on yourself it's absolutely normal to feel like you know when you're supposed to be not thinking of anything you have a million my a million thoughts in your head that's completely yeah. normal um just it takes I mean practice make perfect you know that with pole and any other right. new with any yeah. other new endeavor you know you just practice girl you said it because like I I've yet to still because like my when I do go into the meditate like when I sit down and meditate it's still one of those I have to shut my brain off because then I want to think about everything else that's going on <laughs> and then it leads me to other things where it's like and I'll catch myself like oh stop you know, and then bring yourself back. So I'm constantly still at that point where I'm fighting back and forth. So hopefully I can master for myself, you know, the way you did. Um, I got to work. I got to put in the work too. I'll admit I'm not putting in as much work as I need to, Mm because I know it will help me in that sense. Mm -hmm. Like, especially with like anxiety and just mm-hmm. everything so mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. that sounds amazing um thank you so much Kendra like honestly guys I mean look at her now if you guys are watching in the visuals she's got her hands full she's got the cutest <laughs> cutest bundle in her in her lap right now we got Cairo in the building you all we got Cairo, Cairo in the building um so thank funny. you so much for joining of course, us uh, I did want to just do a little cute quote of the day nothing crazy but honestly just kind of like what I was feeling when I thought mm-hmm. about me and you and doing this message uh doing this podcast together so the quote of the day is I've learned that people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel and that is Maya Angelou and that literally is like all the talking and all that back and forth shit but you know what whenever I was with you Kendra I felt so happy and the positivity the energy you gave me so that's just kind of like a little and it's by Maya Angelou so uh duh amazing and I agree Kim you've always been super super fun warm welcoming genuine it never felt like bullshit either like it's always been it's always been amazing so I appreciate you for reaching out and you know 
rekindling things and inviting me on the show. Yes, guys. I was just so pleased that she was on the same wavelength as me because, you know, it could have gone many other ways when I reached out to her. I didn't know either. I was like, I hope Kendra doesn't feel a way about me. So I was just so happy we were able to, you know, rekindle our connection and hear her story. Um, She will be back. And then at this time, Kendra, if you want to plug anything, if you... Kendra... You guys have a YouTube channel yes, with your family. Do. So please let us know about that if you if you'd like. No, I will. Well, so my Instagram is she can go. That's S-H-E-C-A-N-G-O. And we just started a YouTube channel. It's called Back with the Balans. Balans is our last name. Um, and it's just a channel that highlights my wife and I's life. You know, we both love dance, music, food, travel, fitness, and we're new moms. And so um, I had been wanting to start a YouTube channel a long time ago, but COVID, you know, really kind of pushed it up and made it priority. Um, So we're just sharing our life, sharing our experiences being a new mom. I have so many things in store in terms of like raising this little guy that I plan to share. Um, And then all of our personal passions, um, pole dancing, fitness, food, love, life, relationships, The list truly, truly does go on. So you can find us on YouTube with Back With The Balance or my Instagram page, which is She Can Go. And yes, guys, I will put all of these in the show notes. And then if you're walking, watching in the visuals, it'll pop up and you'll see them as well. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there you go, guys. Follow them on their journey and raising this little beautiful bundle. Uh, Cairo here and just follow her on Instagram. Uh, Kendra is amazing. I am so, so elated that she joined us today. Hopefully she will be back. Um, we can talk about so many things, me and this girl. So I'm so excited that she decided to do this. And yeah, girl, I can't wait to continue to watch all your videos too on YouTube. Um, so thank you guys so much. I'm going to let Kendra get back to being a mom working as well um and yeah thanks so much for joining us uh kendra thank you kim i appreciate it i love you so much thank you so much guys and as always catch us next week on kimboology bye everyone kimbo out brought to you by the rick dog network (laughs) well shoot the damn dog